I first heard that song about four months ago or so, and I was getting ready, and as soon as that song was over, I called up Josh, and I said, I don't care what we sing New Year's Day, but I want you to sing this song, Chain Breaker. I love that song, and I just felt that it was a song we needed to sing on this very first uh, Sunday of the new year. As we stand here this morning on the first day of 2017, it is good to know that if you have pain, he's the pain taker. (laughs) If you feel lost this morning, he's the way maker. If you need freedom or saving, he's the prison shaking savior. If you have chains, he's the chain breaker. Hallelujah. Give him praise here this morning. I don't know what you've carried into 2017, but I can tell you this. You don't have to carry those chains into this new year. Today you can be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen and amen. As I thought about that the other day, I was reminded of what it says in Psalm 107, beginning at verse number 8. He says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Those who sat in darkness in the shadow of death, bound in affliction, and some translations say bound in misery and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, He brought down their heart or their will with labor. They fell down and there was none to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. I love those words. Amen. You know, as I was thinking about chains, and when it comes to the discussion of the spiritual chains that bind the souls of men and women, I think that all of you would agree with me that there are many different chains that men and women can be bound with. There are chains of addiction. There are chains of unforgiveness. I'm sure this morning that there are some of you that have come into this house that are chained to unforgiveness of others, what they have done to you, and you are chained to unforgiving, uh, to unforgiveness toward them. But yet there are some of you that may even be chained to unforgiveness to yourself. You can forgive others, but you can't forgive yourself for what you've done and for things that you have said in the past, the things that you have participated in. And so you are chained to unforgiveness here this morning. There are chains of bitterness. There are chains of resentment, chains of anger, chains of unforgiveness, chains of wrath and hatred, chains of lust. You know, you can even have financial chains. There are emotional chains, there are mental chains, feelings and thoughts that just have ensnared you and you cannot escape from them. 
There are some of you here today that if you were to be open and honest with us this morning, you would say that you have entertained a certain way of thinking for so long that you feel shackled to that particular line of thinking. And no matter what happens, no matter what someone says to you, no matter what takes place, there is just this immediate way of thinking that you are chained to and it doesn't take long for you to fall into that way of thinking again. Again. And the same is for those of you that are bound emotionally and, and with your feelings. You have entertained ways of feeling and emotions for so long that you now are chained to them. And again, it doesn't matter what happens to you, it, whether it's good or bad, you have entertained those emotions for so long. Those feelings of anger, of panic, of fear, of resentment, whatever it is, that you just cannot escape them today. These chains are unseen because they are spiritual. They are unseen to the naked eye, but you are very aware of their presence because no matter how hard you try to stop acting that way, behaving that way, thinking that way, talking that way, responding that way, reacting that way, inevitably you are dragged back into it time and time again. Some of you can string together a few days without going into it, or a few weeks, maybe even a few months, but before you know it, you just are dragged right back into it. It's like a, a chain that is invisible that you cannot completely be free from altogether. And now everyone around you knows that those chains exist, even if they don't refer to them as chains. The condition is worsening, you know it, and you wonder if freedom is possible, if it is available, if it is a reality. But I'm here today to tell you that it is a reality. It is available. You can have freedom because Jesus can set the captive free today in Jesus' name. Just as we sang a moment ago, He is the chain breaker. And whatever it is that binds you today, He has the power to not only set you free, but to keep you free from it for the rest of your days in Jesus' mighty name. But you know, as I consider that subject of freedom, as I consider the subject of breaking the chains, as I look at this portion of Scripture, I realize that even though that freedom is a reality, there are some very inconvenient truths that we are going to have to accept if we're going to experience that freedom. Some inconvenient truths that we would rather overlook. But if you are going to experience the freedom that Jesus gives, then you're going to have to embrace these hard facts. First of all, all chains are self-inflicted. The scripture tells us that all chains, no matter what chain you talk about, spiritually speaking, they are all self-inflicted. Did you hear what the psalmist said? He said, those who sat in darkness and in the shadow of death, bound in affliction, and again, some translations say misery and irons, because they rebelled against the words of God and despised the counsel of the Most High. The psalmist was writing to his audience and was saying, the darkness that you now sit in, the shadow of death that you now dwell in, 
the, the misery that you are bound with, the chains that enslave you today are a direct result of the fact that you have rebelled against the words of God and you have despised the counsel of the Most High. In other words, you didn't have to be taken captive. You didn't have to be shackled with these chains if you had just honored the word of God and his counsel towards you. But because you rebelled against his words, because you despised his counsel, you now find yourself ensnared. You now find yourself shackled with these chains. And what we need to understand is that we will never experience true freedom until we accept responsibility for all of the chains that bind us. They are all self-inflicted. The reason that many are enchained today is because they have rebelled against the Word of God and they have despised the counsel of the Most High. Now, I know that that offends some of you. In fact, some of you are probably right now saying, Pastor, that deeply offends me. How could you say such a thing? That is the epitome of insensitivity. How dare you stand there and tell me that I'm responsible for these chains? Do you think that I would choose the chains that bind me today? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the things I've gone through, the things that I've experienced. You may be sitting there today and say, you have no idea the level of abuse I've experienced in my life, the level of betrayal that I've experienced in my life. You don't know what she did to me. You don't know what he did to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what was said about me. You didn't hear those words. You didn't feel that hand. You didn't have that door slammed in your face. You have no idea what's happened to me. I would have never chosen these shackles and these chains. And you know what? To be honest with you, I don't know your story. But I do know this. If I were to hand you a mic here this morning, and I were allow uh, allow you to come up here on this stage, you could tell us stories, I'm sure, that would move us immediately to tears. And it wouldn't be long before we would be emotionally drawn to you. You may even be able to win us over to your side. And we would all feel great empathy towards you and sympathy for what you've gone through. But at the end of the day, all that you've told us is what happened to you. And the reality is, the reason that is significant is because chains are not formed by what happens to you Chains are formed by what happens in you. And even though I have no control over what happens to me, I have absolute control over what happens in me. Can somebody say amen? It is not what happens to you that change you. It's not what happens to you that enslaves you. It is what happens in you. It's what you allow to happen in your life that actually shackles you. And that is why we have to admit that all of our chains are self-inflicted. Because rather than going to God with our pain, instead we try to deal with it on our own. Now listen to me, I am not in any way saying that you're responsible for what anybody did to you. I'm not saying that you need forgiveness for what people have done to you. That is on them and they must stand before God and deal with that themselves. So in no way, shape, or form am I telling you that you are responsible for what they've done to you, for the abuse you've experienced, for the betrayal that you've had. In no way, shape, or form am I blaming you for that. 
But what I am saying is that when that pain was in your heart, you were the one that made the choice to self-medicate rather than going to God, the great physician of the broken heart. Can you say amen? You were the one that made the choice to be bitter and unforgiving toward that person. And you've shackled yourself to that. Those chains are self-inflicted. We have to take responsibility for those things. We've rebelled against the word of God that said, forgive as I have forgiven you, to trust Him, to have faith in God, to cast our cares upon Him because He cares for us, letting God have vengeance upon the enemy rather than trying to exact vengeance ourselves by not leaning upon Him, but rather leaning upon our own understanding. We have ensnared ourselves. We've despised His great counsel. Can I just tell you, right here at the beginning of 2017, it's time to stop blaming everyone else for the change that we have made. We've been blaming everyone for far too long and that's why freedom seems so spurious and so elusive to us today because we will not take responsibility and own up to those chains. We've been blaming our parents. We've been blaming our husbands, our wives, our children, our boss, our friends. We've been blaming our upbringing and all of our circumstances. Good grief. We're even blaming genetics today. The other day I heard a commercial where they, the doctor pointed his finger into the TV set and said, remember, addiction is a disease. Addiction is not a disease. I'm only preaching to you the word of God. Addiction is not a disease. You can't contract addiction. There is not a disease that makes you ingest something, click on something, sleep with somebody. There is no disease inside of you. It is a choice that you and I make. And the more we make that choice, the more it takes a hold on us and we become ensnared to it. That's why James said in James 1 and verse 13, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. It is true that what happened to you may have set the stage for your temptation, but you were drawn away into temptation by your own desires, by your unwillingness to crucify your flesh before Christ, and rather than live for the glory of God, live live for yourself and live for what you want out of life. That is how man has fallen. And that is what we need to recognize. As inconvenient as that truth may be, all chains are self-inflicted. And we must take responsibility for them. We must also face this truth. God has mercifully given us over to the chains that we have created. That's a hard thing to hear, but listen to what the psalmist says. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. In other words, he gave them over to the hard labor of their own choices and decisions. Now that is unsettling for some. But please understand the heart of God. If God were to always intervene 
and were to always deliver us from the tragic consequences of the choices and the decisions that we rebelliously make against God, then we would never change our lives and we would continue to practice those things that injure others and ultimately injure ourselves. And so God, in great mercy, gives us over to the consequences of our choices and our decisions, hoping that those consequences will break us down and humble us so that we will come back to the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Make sure that you understand that He doesn't make us fall, but He allows us to fall. God does not make us sin, but He allows us to exercise our own free will. And He gives us over to the decisions and the choices that we make, not to destroy us, but so that we'll be so broken down, we'll realize that our only hope is God Almighty in our hearts and our lives. We must also face this truth. Because we are responsible for our chains, we are powerless to deliver ourselves, nor can others deliver us. Because we are responsible for our chains, we are powerless to deliver ourselves, and no one can deliver us. The psalmist said, they fell down and there was none to help. None to help. And I would tell you that this is why taking responsibility for our chains is so vital. Because if you think that your chains are not your fault, then you will try and break the chains yourself in your own strength and in your own might, or you will look to others to break those chains for you. You know, I would assume here this morning that no one would say blatantly, I'm looking to a man, I'm looking to a woman, I'm looking to someone to break my chains, but we're too smart to say it that way. But if you listen to many people, if you read between the lines, what they're saying is, my hope is in a man, in a woman, because here's how I've heard it said. I know that I am bitter and I know that I am unforgiving. But I could release this unforgiveness if they would simply come to me and admit to what they've done. If they would confess what they have done and ask me for my forgiveness, then I could forgive them. What you're saying is, I need them to break my chains. I need their intervention before my chains can be broken. We've heard it said this way, I know that I'm lustful, I know that I'm angry, I know that I'm bitter, I know that I have a bad attitude, I know that I am a bear to be around at times, but you don't understand, if she was a better wife, if he were a better husband, if they were better parents, if they were better children, if I had a better job, if I had a few breaks in my life, then I wouldn't be the way that I am. Can I tell you what you're saying is, man has got to intervene in order to break me free from my chains. Folks, we're all in chains ourselves. There is no man coming to your rescue. You can't save yourself. I can't save you. You must turn to God because our help comes from the Lord. He is our chain breaker in Jesus' name. 
That's our point. Our help comes from the Lord. Listen to what the psalmist said. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and broke their chains in pieces. He is the chain breaker. Our help comes from the Lord. There is no one else that can come to your rescue. Only Christ can set you free. Can somebody say amen? But here is the conflict. It is much easier to say this than do it. If your heart is truly broken and repentant, it's hard to come to the Lord initially. Let's be honest. If you are truly repentant, then there is a moment when you become so overwhelmed with your sin and the depth of your wickedness and evil that like Adam, you immediately try to hide yourself from his presence. If you are truly repentant, you would never just come into the presence of God and say, Lord, uh, you know me, I just, bro- I just blew it again. You know, just forgive me, God. No, no, no. If you are truly repentant, there is a moment when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and you begin to see the depths of your wickedness, the depths of your evil. You see just how vile you really are. And you are so ashamed that you ever lived that way. You are so ashamed of what you've done to the heart of God and to those created in His image that like Adam, all you can do is hide from His presence. But then there is that moment when inevitably you realize wait a minute, I can't run from God because even though I'm ashamed to be in His presence, He's the only one that can forgive me of my sin. He's the only one that can set me free. I can't hide from Him. And so in great humility, you come crawling into the presence of God and you say, Lord, I deserve nothing from you. But then you hear that still small voice say, that's why we call it mercy. I'm going to give you what you don't deserve. I'm going to forgive you. And not only am I going to forgive you, but I'm going to make you my son. I'm going to make you my daughter. I'm going to adopt you into my family. He's a great God. He is merciful. And that is when the chains begin to break. Because in that moment, you come out of darkness. You come out of the shadow of death. And the chains, listen, are broken in pieces. He says they're broken in pieces. And that's important. Because broken in pieces means that they cannot be put back together again. That they are broken beyond repair. And that's why the Bible says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. They are free completely. Never to be bound again. Because He doesn't just loose you from the chains. He breaks the chains in pieces so that they can never hold on to you again. And you're free indeed in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody. Give him praise if you believe that he's the chain breaker. How do we stay free? How do we remain free? The very opposite of how we got in the, in the bondage in the first place. How did we get into bondage? By rebelling against his words. And by, and by uh, despising his counsel. So how do you remain free in Christ? By from this day forward submitting to his words and honoring his counsel in Jesus' name. Don't buy into the lie of this age that real freedom is found in living for yourself. That will lead you to bondage. Freedom is found 
in humbling yourself before God and saying, Lord, where you lead me, I will follow in Jesus' name. I believe that this is what Paul was saying in Romans chapter number 6 and verse number 13 when he says, And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slave's whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. Listen, the reality is all of us are enslaved to something or someone today, every one of us. But you are the one that determines who you are chained to. If you present yourself to disobedience and you live for yourself, then you are going to be shackled with death for the rest of your days and for all of your eternity. But if you will present yourself to God by obeying his word, you will be shackled to life, not only for the rest of your days, but for all of eternity in Jesus' name. Who are you going to present yourself to today? Don't present yourself to disobedience any longer. It is not God's responsibility to keep shattering your chains if you continue to disobey his word. You must obey and he will remain, he will keep you in that freedom in Jesus' name. That's why Paul said in Romans that we are to present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, pleasing unto him, which is our reasonable act of worship. No longer being conformed to the image of this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove that good, acceptable, and perfect will of Almighty God. Folks, it is a two-way street. God will do only what he can do in breaking those chains, but he expects us to do what only we can do, and that is from this day forward live in obedience to the word of Almighty God. I love how the psalmist began this wonderful psalm, Psalm 107. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. I wonder here this morning, is there anybody that has been redeemed from the hand of the enemy? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Would you say that with me? The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever and forever. Which means that you can never exhaust the mercy of God. So today, confess the chains that you have created and give them over to the Lord and let him be the chain breaker in Jesus' mighty name. Can you give God the praise in this house here this morning? Can you stand to your feet and just lift your hands up to the Lord and just thank him for the freedom that you have in Jesus Christ this morning? Come on, lift your voice to him. Thank him for that freedom. Thank him for, hallelujah, for setting you free, for his mercy, for his goodness that endures forever. Hallelujah.
bless your name, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We glorify you this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I just, I really prayed about the direction that I should take in this. Because I know that sometimes people are sensitive. But I've always loved responding to a message by just coming to the altar. There's nothing really sacred about this place, about the front of this stage. There's nothing sacred about it. What makes it sacred is that we are responding to the message by faith. And we are saying, Lord, I have heard and I am acting upon what I have heard today. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. There is no one standing in judgment this year. But I believe that God has spoken to us today very clearly of how we can be free. And we do not stand in judgment of anyone, but if you need freedom, I believe he is here today to break every chain in Jesus' name. And so this morning, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're dealing with, whatever has, you know, just bogged you down, whatever has kept you enslaved and bound.